Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hello, Dave. Oh, hi. You went big. And you went small. What are we like? I'm just trying to keep it reserved. God, he's so cute. (laughs) I don't need to be the centre of attention all the time. You guys listen to me. I was just being a small little opening and Jess, here comes Jess, always being the centre of attention with a big hello, but not me. I won't make this about me. I'll tell you what I'll make it about, Jess. Yeah. And how she always tries to be the centre of attention, unlike me. Yep. <laughs> That's what makes us the cutest little potting duo <laughs> in the world with our friend Dave here. Hello. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now Dave needs his time to shine. No, Fantastic. No, no, my method is I'll go silent for a long time and you'll go, Dave, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'll say, nothing. Nothing. Don't oh, worry about yes. it. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> you nothing. Did post on Facebook the other day, I hate these people and they know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I posted a mystery photo of me in a hospital bed with no explanation. So I got 30 people being like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And then later on I said, I found a hospital bed in a car park. So <laughs> took a photo. And this photo was from quite a while ago. So. 
Anyway. I've got long black hair. <laughs> oh, no. I'm bringing don't it. do it, Matt, Dave. Matt's number one comment was, don't do it again. Please tell me this is an old photo. <laughs> How, so this show works in a way, um, you know, the, the way I feel like it works. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. One of the three of us goes away, researches a topic that's often been voted on by our listeners or patrons, our patron supporters, uh, we learn a lot about it, we write up a report, and then we come back and tell the other two who listen respectfully. <laughs> Is that about right? Yes. Uh, close yeah. enough. Okay, great. I don't know what you mean, Dave. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. The report part was right, but anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Occasionally there's annoying tangents and uh, sometimes people interrupt to tell the others about a story about eating a cake one time. Yeah, it's usually irrelevant, hopefully. Um, And also every three weeks uh, the Sass Twins come to play. And, oh, would you look at that? Just looking at my calendar here. Hmm, got a little notification. Oh, the Sass Twins are in town today. Are you ready for a Sass attack, Dave? (laughs) Is it Sass o'clock? Dave, are you ready to be sassed? I am. Are you ready to have your pants (laughs) sassed off? Oh, my God. Hey, Dave, I didn't realise you'd caught a flight over to Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dave, we're going to sass the fuck out of you. Hey, Dave, uh, give us one of your glasses because I want to pour you a cold drink of sarsaparilla. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, it took so long to get to that. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, Dave, I... you know my favourite outer suburb in Melbourne? What? Sassafras. Yeah, welcome. Population you. <laughs> you fuck. Yes. Oh, got him. Sorry, that we was got him good. already. I don't think we'll top that. If you could just give me a couple of minutes to draft a letter to HR, that would be... Um... Well, guess what, bitch? I'm HR. <laughs> you got toast. Uh, what they're talking about is it's my turn to do a report on a topic <laughs> and uh, often uh, when that happens... I get sassed. Um, <laughs> and the way we get onto topic is by asking a question. So I've got a question for you and no clues because you're going to sass me so much. So <laughs> I'll sass you back with no clues. I just want to say, like, we don't always sass you. More, sometimes we sass the people in the story you're telling and we do that through you. Yeah, great. Um, I'm, I'm just a vessel. Yeah, sometimes you're not always the target for the sassing. Sometimes you are, absolutely. Yeah. Justifiably so. Yeah, sometimes. It's just a general sass. Mm. But anyway, please do ask a question, you little fuckhead. (laughs) So we get on another topic with a question uh, and little fuckhead, Dave, what is your question this week? (laughs) I'm not sure I know what sassing is. I I don't either. (laughs) I feel drunk. I feel like I've been drinking a lot of sassin' pop. (laughs) There you go. I had to have a try. Have Have a go. All right, my question to you is, In August 1976, a good year, what seemingly harmless backyard activity almost caused World War III? What? Okay. Trampoline? Oh, yeah. No, well, no, actually, don't. That's not a clue. I just fucked up. I forgot what how to give people clues. No, that's not right. Okay. So it's not bouncing related at all. No, it's something you do in your backyard. Is it a barbecue? No. Do they have a barbecue? They have a swimming pool. They go for a Hang swim. Hang up your washing. Hanging on up the your washing. Clothesline. But what? I mean, it's tending to your, your to your backyard. Yes, very similar to mowing your lawn. It is oh, building a edging. bomb. Oh, is it uh, getting out the bloody the weed hornet three thousand? Yeah, the whippersnipper. <laughs> well, it is kind of in a way. The answer is gardening. Gardening. What? How do we not think of gardening? 
I don't have a backyard. I don't have a garden. Yeah, yes. I, okay. I do do some gardening on my balcony. If you'd made that question a little more clear, Dave, then maybe I would have got it. Yeah, I haven't mowed a lawn in so long because it, the place I rent now, there's a because it's like a bunch of blocks. There's a the grass out the front. Someone just comes and does it. Oh, I love that. I don't even have a lawnmower. You accuse us of being from the affluent east, but you have a full time gardener on. Well, I think full-time. it's just like the body corporate. Part of that. the I mean, the strip that they mow is about nine acres in front of your house. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Bring them yeah. right on lawnmower. I also have the alpacas out there and they chew it up a bit <laughs> and, the, and the thoroughbred horses <laughs> do as well. There's gardeners that look after the sort of block of units that I'm in and they always choose the worst time to put the leaf blower on. <laughs> the wor- Like fucking 7 a.m. And I'm like, I will. Come out there and cut you up. <laughs> I'd rather do it at 7 a.m. than during our podcast time. So make sure they're Good point. Different. Good point. Yes, I'll make sure. <laughs> they see you setting up the microphone. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> 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 Lots of leaves Dave, out I'm here. I'm confused. All right, so I'll, I'm phrase, sorry. I'll say the question again with the answer in it. So in August 1976, gardening almost caused World War III. This topic is the Poplar Incident a.k.a. the Korean axe murder incident. What? What? There's a lot going on here. No. What's poplar? Is that a f- it's, plant? It's a tree, a Flower. poplar tree. A tree, right. Uh, this topic has been suggested by two people, so thanks to Alex Buxall from St Peter's and Tristan Thornton from London who both suggested this topic. Uh, it was voted for by the Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Again, this one only won by two votes, beating out two Ooh. other topics. I wanted to do something I'm kind of obsessed at the moment with uh, topics that have the word incident in the title. For example, the Great. Die Out Love Pass incident. So I put up mm-hmm. three things, the something incident, and would you know it, writing Korean axe murder incident. Of course, that was the one that got across the line. Huh, interesting. Well, it's got my attention. Yeah, yeah me I'm too. perplexed already. Well, let me give you a bit of background here. So time-wise, this is actually, uh, this incident takes place two years before my other recent Korean-based topic, episode 244, when North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il abducted Korean movie star Choi Yun-hee and her movie director husband Shin San-ok and made them make films for his country. So this is very much a similar time period for that if you have heard that episode. Okay, just so we don't um, go over old territory, how good is the South Korean flag? Just had to get that out of my system. <laughs> so, Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, thank you for bringing Honestly, that Honestly, I didn't appreciate it enough until you brought it up last time. And now I've looked at it, I've studied it, and um, I've fallen in love with it. Yeah. It's a great flag. Are you in love with a flag? <laughs> yes. Are you like the woman who married the Eiffel Tower? Are you going to marry a <laughs> flag, flag, are you? Well, there's actually a bit of flag-based action in this story, so get excited for that. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, you'll see. What do you posit? Who Someone fucks fuck a flag? flag? <laughs> <laughs> or did they print the flag on little condoms? Oh, yeah. Oh, little ones. <laughs> <laughs> Mini. <laughs> well, so this is why I felt the need to say little condoms are... You know, relatively speaking, in terms of, you know, like compare them to a car, they're quite small. I mean, they're small compared to the Eiffel uh, Tower-sized ones that that lady has to Mm. Exactly right, thank you. Custom, I imagine. (laughs) But they're also slightly bigger than dicks, otherwise they would not work. Exactly, yeah. Think about it. That's their beauty. (laughs) Speak for yourself, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So... Just to remind everyone of the background of the tensions between North and South Korea, which I talked a little bit about in that other episode, but in case you haven't heard it, in 1910, Korea was annexed by Japan. 
basically taken over, and Japan ruled them with an iron fist. There were some uprising against their brutal overlords, but these mostly failed, and overall, it was a pretty awful time for Korea for many decades. After World War II, when Japan lost the war, Korea was divided into Soviet and US-administered zones, with the Soviet back north and the US backed south. The Soviets installed young communist guerrilla Kim Il-sung as leader, and he became the first premier of North Korea, and he is the grandfather of the current leader of North Korea, so they've never really given that up. Mm. Uh, The communists in the north invaded the south, and the two had a bitter war, both wanting control of the entirety of Korea. The communists in the north were backed by the Soviet Union and China, and the South was backed by the USA and the United Nations. And this is known as the Korean War and raged for three years. Before an armistice was signed in 1953, but technically the war never finished and the tension was never fully resolved. The grudges ran deep and you can see why. The war had lasted for, and this will piss you off, Jess, three years and one month. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, no. Just cut it off 30 days earlier, guys. Come on. Why doesn't anybody think of this? I don't know. Why? And surely you'd be thinking of the history majors. It would be a lot easier for them to remember if it was exactly three years. years. Three years. Boom. Sadly not. Three years and one month. And then all these history majors out there studying, failing over that. Yeah, that one month. You pieces of shit. Finish your wars earlier or keep them going another year. (laughs) That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) They were about to sign and then thought, no, let's do this in 11 months. All right. Good idea. Good idea. The then. Korean War, that's where MASH was set, I think. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that song's called, Jess? Uh, Suicide is Painless. What a what a full on time for a sitcom for a comedy show. Imagine like the, the nanny theme song was called cool. like <laughs> "Chop Your Leg Off, Fuckhead." <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. The two of it's very close too, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> chop your leg off, you fuckhead. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. She was working in a massive flashing queens. Love that. Well, this is yeah, this is set up for a. F- Fascinating story already. Yeah. Jess, you missed the last one. Did you listen back to the I did. last one? Yeah. Oh, oh so we is, have. This is ringing some bells. Oh, that's that's good news. Well, just fine. So if you were recapping just for me, Dave, it wasn't fully necessary, <laughs> but I think it was good for people who maybe haven't listened to that one or, you know, for me who probably forgot a lot of it. Well, I didn't really go into the numbers last time of the Korean War, which I wasn't fully across. Um, and this is basically, so this is to set up the tension in this episode. You can see why the grudge remained there because um, over those three years and one month, roughly four million casualties resulted from the Korean War, including lots of civilians. So South Korean casualties were 1,300,000. Of those, a million were civilians. Communist casualties in the north were estimated at 2.5 million, including a million civilians, and the United States Army lost about 37,000 in action. Wow. So you can see why these people hate each other even though technically uh, an armistice has been signed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Part of which... Two million civilians, basically. Two million civilians. That's insane. Horrific stuff. Yeah. And part of this uh, armistice was a demilitarised zone known as the DMZ was created to separate the north and the south. They did this by pulling back 
each side's forces, wherever they were at the time, 1.2 miles or two kilometres along each side of the boundary. So in total, the DMZ is four kilometres or two and a half miles wide and runs 160 miles or 250 kilometres east to west across the peninsula, basically cutting Korea in half. And at the the DMZ, do they have like a DMZ-type gossip office? Were they... <laughs> Yeah, they do. They're like, oh, my God, I saw Charlie Sheen at the airport. Whoa. <laughs> Have you ever watched those? the saddest yeah. videos you'll ever see. It's people, like, running up to a celebrity who's like, hey, what, what, what's going on? Like, while they're waiting for a taxi, being like, yeah. <laughs> yo, Kelsey Grammer, how's it going? And he's like, hey, man. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Trying to eat a breakfast burrito And, like, here. we got the scoop on how Kelsey Grammer is today. <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. D- Thanks, TMZ. DMZ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I felt like if I didn't say anything, we would have a I can't believe you missed this oh my God. message or, you know, so I just thought I'm just going to get in there. So if you are halfway through writing I can't believe you missed this message, you, you may delete. I never, I've never once read one of those and thought, yeah, I wish I'd said that. <laughs> but we get a lot oh, of yeah. them. Good point. <laughs> Sometimes it's missed very much on purpose. Anyway, um, sorry to interrupt you there, Dave, with a dumb tangent. Please no, do honestly, go on. That's what the show is. Without it, it's <laughs> just stats on the Korean War. Yeah, I thought I'd lighten it up a bit. Yeah. So there's this big uh, bit in the middle where no one's allowed to go, basically, and okay. there, there's guard towers and barbed wire on either side, and inside most of the land has just remained untouched for decades and returned to nature, basically. But what's the point of it, just, just to keep them... From we buffer, yeah. yeah so it's, okay. it is a little buffer in that you stay on your side, we'll stay on our side. Oh, um, and there's not that's not much in the middle except for the odd landmine to make sure that you stay on your side. God, it's a bit of a waste of space. I love a demilitarized zone, Big which is just lines. full of bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Glad hey, we got all that military hey. bullshit out of there. We're keeping the, the peace, okay? If any of you try to disturb the peace, we'll blow you up. It's interesting that I never before you talked about this on the last. Uh, episode, uh, what was it, two forty four or whatever? Yep. Yeah, I never, I never knew why North and South Korea split up, and mm. it sounds so. It's kind of like Ger- North and uh, East and West Germany, only they ne- they just never got back together. Never got back together, and then I think both of them still claim to be the proper Korea, right? And it seems like they're just a million years away from reconciling. Yeah, every now and then there seems to be a little bit of like, oh, this is goodwill, goodwill, and then mm. often it falls through. But reckon, the difference between reconcile, like getting on and bringing the two back together and reuniting. Yeah, that seems like a long way away. Yeah. Uh, so the fighting never stopped, but the rivalry never ended. Either side of the DMZ, both sides set up large speaker systems and blasted propaganda and insults at each other. Uh, South Korea's... Okay. That I love. <laughs> I love broadcasting insults yeah. to people. That's hey, you shit, you shit. <laughs> hey, attention, uh, attention, South Korea. You suck. <laughs> Honestly, it is basically. Oh, yeah, North Korea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you suck. <laughs> it is stuff like that. <laughs> is it stuff like, hey, South Korea is saying stuff like, hey, we, our country's so good, we don't have to trap our citizens here. <laughs> stuff like that. Stuff well, like that. Yeah, so South Korea's stream of noise evolved to feature weather forecasts, news that was banned in North Korea, and K-pop music. I'm like, I'm also imagining that um, weather forecasts are banned. 
<laughs> I think they're like... You can never know. Just uh, take a jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's always sunny yeah. here. Soul is beautiful right now. Wish you were here. Rain is just a different kind of sun. You're, you're just interpreting it wrong. You idiot. Uh, sometimes sounds were blasted all day and night and it made it difficult for the soldiers stationed on the other side to sleep. That's how loud and often they oh were blasting it. So that's the south side. Then up north, according to NPR, quote, North Korea countered with its own messages that praised its country and berated the depraved capitalist south. Those broadcasts were reportedly less loud and were prone to technical issues because of electricity shortages. So oh, that, no. that's a bit embarrassing. That is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> south Korea were like, sorry, can't hear you. Can't sorry, hear you. what? You're breaking up. Sorry. <laughs> Like you genuinely are. I'm not doing a bit. You are breaking up because your electricity sucks. Who did you say was shit? Who's shit? (laughs) So this continued until 2018 when they were dismantled ahead of historic meetings between the country's two leaders. But before that, for decades, they were just sassing each other. Talk about the sass twins. It's like splitting them up, putting the DMZ in between each other and you guys just going for it. God, you'd never want that. I hope we never come to that, Matt. I hope that never happens for us. Fingers crossed. Yeah. (laughs) I hope we never have this little buffer in between and we just yell at each other. I hope that never happens. Well, it's about to get a little bit sexy here because the 1980s kicked off what is known as the flag war. I told you I'd mention the flag. To me, it's like South Korea wins this war by so much. I think the North Korean flag's fine, but the South Korean flag kicks its ass. Well, yeah, but they are actually going to physically get these flags to fight. <laughs> oh, okay. So, really, like a... wrestlers donned in each flag? No, or... no, no. Just going to put the flags next to each other. Let the wind do its thing. <laughs> so, depending on which way the wind blows, we'll figure out the winner. That's right, because the wind is always in favour of the winner. Oh, that's why it's called the wind. <laughs> Exactly. Short for wind. That's what the old old time word for one was wind. <laughs> you wind this one again. But now that obviously over time it's changed to one. Yeah, it's funny how language evolved, isn't it? Oh, it's so, so interesting. Fluid. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is so beautiful. So the flag war kicked off uh, when South Korea, the South Korean government built a 321 foot or 97 meter tall flagpole in its border village of Daesongdong, which is right on the border. And you could see that from in North Korea. South Korea put up a great flag. And if you're going to do that, what do you think the North are going to do? They responded by building a 525-foot or 160-metre-tall flagpole in its border town. <laughs> the pole, I'm loving this. The pole flies a 270-kilo or nearly 600-pound North Korean flag, which is the fourth largest anywhere in the world. Whoa, what are the other three? <laughs> There was one in Saudi Arabia. I can't remember the other two. That's insane. You had to have known I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> that's wild. Just so they're just they're just putting up flags at each yeah, other at like, this point. Mine's bigger than you. Far out. But I'm sad to say it's not all just insults and stupid one-upmanship along the border. Oh. Uh, sporadic outbreaks of violence along and within the DMZ killed an estimated 500 South Korean soldiers, 50 US soldiers and 250 soldiers from North Korea in the DMZ or along the border between 1953 and 1999. So every now and then a bit of violence kicks off and a couple of people sadly would be killed. That's awful. 
Uh, pro- I liked it when they were just being petty. I know. I thought I'd include that just because it's, it's funny and silly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the most famous and definitely the most ridiculous of those incidents occurred in 1976 in a place in the DMZ called the JSA, the Joint Security Area. Okay. I'm giving you too many initialisms here. It's the DMZ, Demilitarized Zone, JSA, Joint Security Area. Do they have a GTAV? <laughs> yeah, at any one time. It's stopped. You're ready to get out. This is from last week. Jess looking at me blankly. That was last week the getaway yeah. car. The high school is called. <laughs> the GTAV. GT, short for get to and away from vehicle or something. Real catchy like that. And one of them demanded to call it that. Yeah. Where's the van? So, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Use its name. <laughs> As they're about to be arrested. <laughs> so the JSA, the Joint Security Area, is a meeting point within the DMZ where negotiations take place. In 2018, the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and US President Donald Trump met in the JSA. I'm not sure if you saw that was a big headline at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how recent it was. So, yeah, I haven't got my head around that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's still used. So the Joint Security Area, the JSA, is an almost circular patch of land with an 800-metre diameter split by a line that indicates one half belongs to the north and the other half the south. And despite the bitter standoff and the obvious hatred for the other side, during the 70s, both sides were able to pretty freely wander around the JSA. This meant North Koreans, South Koreans and US guards would mingle together. Okay. There were, however, strict limits of 30 armed enlisted personnel and five armed officers at any one time in the JSA. So you're allowed to have soldiers in there, but most of them wandered around unarmed. Okay. This is weird. So was Hawkeye, any of these, uh, that crew in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawkeye or... I mean... Can't think of any of the other uh, names. Clinger. Uh, uh, guy with glasses. Clinger. Frank. God, Frank. But, he was a pain in the ass. Oh, Frank. Um, BJ, yeah. he was Come on, great. Mate. Um, Baz. Uh, Lovelace, Loveface, Happy Lips. <laughs> uh, B.A. Baruchas. I'm also thinking, um, sorry, I zoned out for a second there because I was thinking about GTAV. Because <laughs> do they mean Grand Theft Auto? What year was it again? Yeah, it was 2004. 2004. So, so Grand Theft Auto 5 was not out yet. No, but San Andreas was the big one at the time. I was in year eight and it was such a big game. Holy crap, yeah. everyone had it. I reckon that's, that's probably what I've been what thinking about for the last few minutes. Oh, no. Well, I've got to say, do you know what the JSA is? <laughs> no. That's really important for this story. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> so it's the joint security, hang on, area. security area. That's right. But what, are, but what do they, why are they just mingling there? Well, basically, anytime they want to have negotiations or swap prisoners, they used to do gotcha. that at the JSA. Because okay. the one bit where they, and in the 70s, it's no longer like this, but in the 70s, they could mingle together. So even though there's a line down the middle, the South and North Koreans can wander around this 800. It's like a like a large oval-sized yep. area. But there's obviously a limit on how many can be armed. I heard that part. Yeah, there's a limit on how many can be armed, basically so all-out war doesn't kick off at any one time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So sorry. I can't wait to find out how gardening <laughs> yeah. comes into play. I think somebody's <laughs> like, guys, could, does anyone mind if I just use this little patch of the oval to plant some little petunias? Man, I hope. I wish I could tell you that it was over like a veggie patch or something. Oh, I'd love that. They they decide to put a communal garden there and then people just get very competitive. Yeah, the South Koreans are like, we don't like tomato. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you growing tomato? I'm going to get a tomato plant today, Bob. <laughs> Talking of sidetracks, 
Perfect time. Love Springtime. That. Let's grow some tomato. Little cherry oh, nice. trees. I've got a little lemon tree. We can swap. Oh, great. I'll come <laughs> piss on it. Please. Come piss on my balcony. <laughs> with a... You come piss on my tomato plant. I'll come There's piss on your lemon tree. There's a intersection right outside my house so everyone can see you taking a slash on the lemon tree. Okay. Beautiful. Actually, I don't know if piss is good for tomato. Do you mind taking a shit <laughs> okay, on my tomato plant? I'll take a plant? shit on your tomato plant if you piss on my lemon tree. Deal. That can do. Deal. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Please continue. Uh, so the JSA. Yes, which I know what it is now. I'm so sorry. Uh, in charge of many of the US troops stationed there was the popular Captain Arthur Boniface. Ooh, great, great, name. great name. Boniface. It's like Boniface. <laughs> Worth adding there, Jess. Well done. <laughs> God, she's good. She's on fire today. Yes. She's still thinking about the GTAV. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, Bill Ferguson, who was an 18-year-old officer stationed there in 1976, later recalled to the BBC, quote, Captain Boniface really wanted us to enforce the terms of the armistice. We were encouraged to intimidate the North Koreans into allowing the full freedom of movement within the JSA, end quote. At the time, US soldiers were only allowed to serve in the JSA if they were over six feet or 183 centimetres tall. So they had to be intimidating-looking. Yeah, if they couldn't openly carry large weapons, which is one of the rules, the US still wanted to intimidate their enemy with the soldier's sheer size. How weird is that? You had to have six-pack minimum yeah. chiselled jaw. <laughs> like everyone looks like Rambo, basically. Yeah. Can't have guns, but your you need your arms <laughs> yeah. to be classified as yeah. lethal. The weapons. North Koreans are like are objecting. That man has definitely got a couple of guns. <laughs> well, the two sides did not like each other and occasionally violent scuffles would break out in the JSA. A US guard had his arm broken by North Korean soldiers when he accidentally drove his Jeep behind their main building. So he, he parked in the wrong spot and they broke his arm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, well, now I understand why someone gardening in the wrong patch is going yeah, to create some friction. Bad. This is going to be petty, I feel. I think this is going to be petty. Oh, so petty. Oh, I hope it's like it, like one of those current affairs shows, <laughs> The Neighbours from Hell. <laughs> Their tree is just like growing a little bit over the line. They're like, I told you for the last time, trim your fucking <laughs> bush. Like, is this North Korea's worst gardener? <laughs> and then the North Koreans are hosing <laughs> yeah. them over the fence. And, then and re- dumping their dog shit over the fence. And reporter Ben oh, Fordham's yeah, like, like I'm just trying to talk, man. I'm just trying to say hi. I'm just trying to say hi. <laughs> just trying to get your side of the yeah, story. Foot in just the trying door. to get your side of the story. Get off my property. Oh, mate, I'm I'm on the, the pavement here. This is uh, this is uh, public <laughs> property. I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> Have you used these for your Friday funnies, Oh, Dave? a bit of current affairs stuff. Oh, it'd probably be too often that would just be free advertising to your Yeah, no, we don't want to advertise the... Channel 9, even though that is a quality show. I'm sure it was bring this up because once my friend um, Nick told me that his favourite episode of A Current Affair was uh, there was an episode called On Killer Driveways. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. Oh. The rest of the world must have yeah. shows like this. They'd have some version of that. We, The Current Affair sort yeah. of um, just trashy journalism yeah. where they they take petty squabbles from the suburbs, and they put them on the big screen. <laughs> no, they don't turn them into films. They put them on the little screen. Just depends on In how big time. your TV is. <laughs> That's really up to you. 
<laughs> well, it is honestly, it is quite petty there, as you're about to hear here. U.S. Lieutenant David Mad Dog Zilka. Yes. <laughs> he encouraged his men to go out on patrol carrying big sticks to bang on the walls and the windows of the North Korean barracks and to use as weapons if need be. So they're big just sticks. They're waking them up, banging them on the window, being just being annoying. I'm imagining, though, you know, sometimes you go to the park and you see a dog that's found a very large stick and the dog looks very happy with itself <laughs> and it's like running along and the stick is so, too, way too wide for this small dog but it's just so happy. That's what I'm picturing, them just with happy big sticks. Yeah, they were carrying them in their mouths, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be like on the Halloween episode of The Simpsons where Kodos uh, becomes the president because oh, there's peace on earth. They get rid of all the weapons and then they are able to take over with like a, a plank of wood with a, <laughs> a, board a, a nail in it. <laughs> um, again, in the great BBC article by Toby Luckhurst that I'll link to in the description along with all the other sources here, a US soldier, Mike Bilbo, claimed that Mad Dog Zilka would take us out on these clandestine patrols. Once or twice we caught a North Korean where they weren't supposed to be and we kind of beat him up a little bit. Not too bad. A little bit. So... So there is little bits of violence here and just there. Just break his toe, you know? Yeah. You can't do much about that. you just got to let it heal, you know? And it I'm, just hurts all, a, a lot of the time. Yeah. You can't really, you can't put it in a cast, can you? Can ice it. doesn't do that much. You just have to wait and let it's just it heal. Just annoying, just annoying. That's how we get them, annoying injuries. <laughs> isn't that, yeah, it's weird. It's like, isn't that just going to make them upset and try to mm-hmm. do the same back? How about one of the Koreas be the bigger yeah. Korea? And leave the other Korea alone, and then that other Korea will, you know, and then peace. Did anybody happens. think to get me in there? I want to get me in the JSA <laughs> and fix this. You know how Matt would do it by just like sitting down and hashing it out. You know how I'd do it? Baking. Oh, that's good. I'd be like, I made cupcakes. I'd be that person. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like at first, they'd be like, "Fuck you," because they'd think it's going to be like laced with something. But then one day, one of them will try it and be like, "Holy shit, this is delightful!" Wow, this and is then, great. Yeah. I love the idea. So you go in through the door with I'm some ingredients. <laughs> you come out an hour or so later and you just nod to us like. Yeah, and they're all like, oh, God, she's done wow, it. Wow, she's done it again. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm just buying accessories so I can do better frosting designs. <laughs> I'm like, this is important. This is for peace. I'm baking for peace right now. <laughs> I'd try the same thing, but I'm so bad at cooking I would accidentally poison them and it would kick off a wall. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I tried. I really tried. I really tried. Uh, so I've read that the soldiers treated it as a bit of a back-and-forth game, but it often got out of hand. US soldier William Henderson got into a fight after a North Korean soldier ruffled his hair and he okay. attacked him. That is a bit patronising, but I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> Have it a brawl over. Well, the US soldier was injured in the ensuing violence and suffered a severe uh, injury to his larynx, so he was quite injured. Ooh. So often it would get out of hand. Yeah. Uh, Captain Boniface, who I mentioned before, wrote of the incident in a letter to his wife, Marcia. He said, Our mission here is to take the verbal abuse, kicking and shoving, but to not let it go any further. Major Henderson lost his cool and blew it. It's a natural reaction, but he should have known better. So that's the game that, that he's playing. But he got injured in the larynx. Yeah. Okay, uh, larynx, what is that's it? That's like your voice box around that kind of area. Yeah. It is your voice box. 
It's commonly called the voice box. It's an organ in the top of the neck involving yeah, involved in breathing, uh, producing sound, and protecting protecting the trachea, trachea against food yes. aspiration. Yeah. The trachea. I say trachea, but yeah. You I think the larynx also houses food the vocal aspiration. cords and manipulates pitch volume, um, which are essential for phonation. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah, no, I was thinking that. Thanks for adding that in, though. Uh, but the word larynx, interestingly, comes from a similar ancient Greek word. Uh, don't ask me what it is, though. So, yeah. Because um, I want to tell for you. For the help the uh, with your report, Dave. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously yeah. we warned at the start of the episode about the Sass Twins and now they've come in and um, absolutely dominated there. Yeah. We've come in hot. <laughs> so despite the armistice being reached 23 years earlier at this point, it was all still very hostile. It was tense in the JSA and the tension was only building. It was like a powder keg ready to explode. Ooh, I hate tension too. I don't think I'd like to be yeah, there. Yeah, not Sorry a about tension that. fan. Love breaking oh, yes. tension. With humour oh. or flatulence. <laughs> also known as humour in my book. Yeah, not in maths, but yeah. it still works for breaking tension. Breaking but, wind, but which is is the old term for breaking tension. <laughs> I must tension, say though, breaking one. wind is not a good solution for breaking sexual tension, <laughs> unless you want to get okay. rid of. Unless you absolutely don't want there yeah, to be any. That absolutely ruins yeah. sexual tension, right? But if you're wanting to like break the sexual tension in a sexy way, don't fart. I've learned that the hard way, and <laughs> well, yeah, I'm Jess, using my platform to educate others. Don't yuck people's yum, Jess. That's true. Because that's true. Uh, I think there's definitely a subsection of humanity out there who uh, would just be absolutely well. Loving I am yet to find that dream man. <laughs> Jeez, I hate the phrase, yuck, your yum. It's fun to say. Yeah, it's like, bad to hear. Yeah, so I apologize. it's bad to hear. Sorry, Dave. Well, I keep quietly saying in my head, all right, just sit out for a bit. And then I'll do it, <laughs> I'll do it very briefly. <laughs> but this time it's for real. It's going to stick. I'm giving myself. I'm only going to say things on topic from now on. <laughs> well, I'm trying to say that it's very, very tense in the JSA. But... Mm-hmm. I promised you gardening, and garden we shall. Yes. Inside the joint security area on either side, there's all these checkpoints and observation posts so they can keep an eye on what the opposition is doing. Inside the JSA is also the so-called bridge of no return. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) How amazing is that? cool. Yeah, that might, in, in my mind it's sort of like a bridge and there's a bottomless pit underneath it or something. I'm imagining it goes into a waterfall and you don't know what's on the other side of that. That's cool. Well, starting at the end of the war until the late 70s, the bridge was used for prisoner exchanges. It's called the Bridge of No Return because before crossing, the prisoners were given an ultimatum. They could stay in the country where they'd been captured or return home to their own country. But once they crossed, they could never come back, even if they changed their mind. Why would you want to go back to the place you'd been captured from? Well, I think it was more Why often... Why wouldn't you want to go home? No, I think it was more often than not people would probably end up staying in South Korea. I don't think many people ended up staying in the North. Gotcha, okay. You know what I mean? I love the yes, idea yes, that yes. the people in the North have the same spiel, though. You better be sure about this. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, no, I am. So if and you I could just take Before you jump to handcuffs. any sort of conclusions here, I need you to yep. say 100% you want to go back knowing that you can't return once again. 
Yes, no, Sorry, absolutely. Sorry, I think you totally said, once again you went a bit too quick. Could you just take a quick okay. pause? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay, oh, if you're going to go, which is fine, it's up to you, but if you do, you cannot come back. Yes, that is what I would like to do, yes. Really? Even after that, pause to think. <laughs> really? We've got a booming yes. movie industry over here. Got some sort of <laughs> Godzilla thing yeah, going but, on. I mean, my you, I was literally taken from my wife and children. I would like to go back, please. Mm, okay. <laughs> it would go down the line. It would, it's like a thousand people waiting. You'd only get through six a day. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> no, but are you? Re- do you feel like you can't say you want to stay here because you can? Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay, you can. We won't tell your wife. We won't tell her that you made this choice. No, she won't know. But you can stay here. Right, I did sort of uh, forget about it the other way around. That does yeah, make yeah. sense. That people would be like, if I could stay in South Korea, that'd be good. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that a lot more stayed. But next to the bridge of no return was a tree. Of no return? <laughs> a tree of no return. Yeah. You climb that tree, you live in that tree. <laughs> it's just like a community of people living in this tree. Just it's bowing with the weight of like 100 people. So all thought they could best the tree. The, the entire Swiss family Robinson are just trapped <laughs> up the tree. What's so special about this tree, Dave? Well, it's, it was a 100-foot or 30-metre-tall poplar tree. Mm-hmm. The branches of the tree blocked the line of sight between a United Nations command checkpoint and an observation post. So in summer, when the tree okay. was in full bloom, it created a blind spot that the North Koreans could potentially exploit. Okay. So there's all these guard towers and basically they want to have view of 100% of the JSA just so nothing can happen without them either seeing it, taking photos or videoing it. Mm-hmm. But this tree, when it fully blooms in summer, it blocks out one of their checkpoints so they can't see what's happening down there. So the tree was technically inside the South Korean territory so a team of US and South Korean men were ordered to prune it back Okay. so they could you know, get the line of sight back. On the first attempt, North Korea objected, claiming that any landscaping work required permission from both parties. It's the, the, the veggie patch all over again. Yeah. So they were thwarted the first time, but they planned to have another crack anyway, but then they were stopped by heavy rain. Mm. Which is what the North Koreans call heavy sun. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wet confused. sun. God, a sunny day out today, isn't it? Wow, so sunny. So on August 18th, 1976, United Nations Command and South Korean personnel were again sent to trim the poplar tree. Third time lucky. Among the 11 men sent out, the aforementioned Captain Arthur Boniface, who was in his early 30s and who had only three more days in Korea before being sent home to his family. Oh. So he's three, basically three days away from retirement, <laughs> essentially. That hat was three days from retirement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Also sent out was platoon leader, 25-year-old First Lieutenant Mark Barrett, who on the other hand had only been in Korea for about a month. They started to prune the tree when North Korean soldiers approached, led by Pak Chul, a notorious North Korean lieutenant nicknamed Captain Bulldog. Oh, great nickname. Yeah, Yeah. dream nickname. And he did not start that one himself. No. (laughs) Okay, Cobra. (laughs) Oh, come on. Can you call me <laughs> Captain Cobra? Oh, that's, no. that's so good. That sounds like a great nickname for someone else. Oh, come <laughs> on. I've, I've earned it. I've earned it. In what way? 
I've just been a badass like Pak Chul. So he was, yeah, the most notorious leader on the other side, like a real, he was, Arthur Boniface was wanting to enforce the rules on his side. Pak Chul was the, the one on the other side doing the exact same thing, right. being a real yeah, badass. And you see yourself as a real badass. Uh, yes. Okay. okay. Do you guys see that? Um, Be honest. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Oh. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm going to give you some time to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Dave. Uh, uh, again, you have do you want so to, many do you want to so many great qualities. qualities. <laughs> so many great qualities. You are so good at so many yeah. things, honestly. <laughs> and so, and just, oh, I just adore mm. you. Just treasure you. Wow, thank you. This is so nice. So sure that anyone could beat you in a fight. <laughs> anyone. Even if you had a big I know toddlers. Stick. Yeah, I know toddlers that could give you a run for their money. I love the idea that when the captured South Koreans being sent home are asked if they want to stay, they have to butter up the officer and be like, look, uh, North Korean officer, you have many great qualities. But, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't want to so stay here. so good in that uniform. It really and, isn't about um, you and your country. I don't want to stay yeah. I don't want to stay here. This is gonna, honestly, you're the only thing that makes me hesitate. But then I don't hesitate, yeah. and I know I want to go. I want to go back. So thank you. Fine, I'm not Captain Cobra. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> I'll work my way up. Yeah, you get there, Officer Cobra. To you, thank you. <laughs> so Captain Bulldog Pakchul's turned up, notorious North Korean lieutenant. Pak and his team watched in silence as the group. On the other side, carried out their tree work for 15 minutes before suddenly ordering them to stop. Captain Boniface ignored Pack. Even when the threat started to come, Pak Chul said, The branches are cut will be of no use, just as you will be after you die. Great, great trash talk. <laughs> That's great trash talk. He's saying but even as is... compost, you've got no nutritional <laughs> value to the earth. Yeah. That's rough. But this is this is the kind of bravado that was thrown around all day long in the JSA. Why would Boniface listen now? They were constantly threatening each other. Mm. With death. Yeah, totally. Uh, some of You'll them... be useless when you're dead is like the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest insult. Who's useful? Matt literally came up with the only one that's like worm food. <laughs> oh, I think uh, Operation Mincemeat would disagree. Oh, Yes. <laughs> One of my reports. Okay, Dave, do go on. Some of the North Korean soldiers reportedly believed that their leader, the dictator Kim Il-sung, had, quote, personally planted the poplar and nourished it and it's growing under his own supervision. He actually nourished it with his own breast milk. (laughs) (laughs) He let that little sapling supple at his teeth. Am I using the right (laughs) terminology there? Supple? Suckle. (laughs) I supple? knew it wasn't quite right. Not it is supple. supple. I think you're right. This, Let that this suppling suppled at his teeth. <laughs> so that, apparently some of them believed that, that their leader had planted this tree himself. This is, after all, the country that reported his son, Kim Jong-il, scored as many as 11 hole-in-ones the first time he ever played golf. And he only played nine rounds. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. <laughs> so... so- they think that this tree has been planted uh, by their leader. Have they ever seen him come down and and just water it? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. He's, I mean, so, he's not going anywhere near that area. Exactly. <laughs> because it's probably not safe for him to do so. No, it's not. So we'll take, take it with a large grain of salt, I reckon. 
I, no, I just think he didn't do that. I think he didn't plant that tree. That's what I reckon. I think so too, but I think it's one of those things where before Pac took his men out, he's like, they're going to cut down that tree. Do you want to know who planted that tree? Our fearless leader to try and rev them up a bit. Yeah. But anyone can plant a tree, you know? Mm. Like anyone can be a father, but not everyone is a dad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, not That's everyone beautiful. can breastfeed, breastfeed their, Thank you. their child. I just, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's that is in that. Um, Do they, who says you know, that? That is so lame. Yeah, it's very lame. It's an in an action movie. Who's, of course, it's lame. Does David Batista say that? Yes. <laughs> I don't reckon he would. I have no idea. No. Is it the um, first one or the second one? Is it when the dad is actually the one. a planet? Yes. The dad is a planet. What are you talking and he's about? Played yeah. by some cool actor. I forget who, but Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. What a man. No, he is cool. He's, he's very so, cool. God damn it. And then the so guy cool. who actually raised Peter Quill <laughs> said something really lame like, like, you know, he was your father, but I'm your daddy. Oh, he said I'm it's your really daddy. Gross. I'm your daddy. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is even if even if he did plant this tree, did he tend to it? Did he make sure it was okay in all weather? Did he check it for fungal gnats? Did he treat it for <laughs> fungal gnats? Mm. I have fungal gnats in a couple of my plants at the moment. It's on the brain. Uh, there's gnats in my brain. Um, you know, so it's like if he's just abandoned this tree, it's no longer his tree, you know? I absolutely agree. But they do not, Jess. They oh, do okay. not. I would say this, Jess. Surely at some point you've just got to let the tree, you know, leave home and grow up and fend for itself. Otherwise. Exactly. And this is a fully grown tree. You've moved out of home. Are your parents not still your parents? No. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. What? Is that an option? Yeah, you you can still call them that. Oh, my God. I've just been calling them my elderly friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cool. Parents. I've got parents, everyone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry to break. I've got, I've got parents. <laughs> so after being ignored, the bulldog Pak sent for reinforcements and nearly 30 North Korean soldiers soon appeared at the tree. Pak again told him to stop cutting, but again, Captain Boniface wasn't going to be intimidated. Boniface turned his back on the North Koreans and they went back to pruning. Quoting from a great article in The Atlantic by Yuri Friedman here, describing what happened after Boniface turned his back on the North Korean reinforcements. Boniface, quote, did not see Lieutenant Pack remove his watch, wrap it in a handkerchief, stick it into the pocket of his trousers, John Singlaub, the then Chief of Staff for the US Forces Korea, later wrote. Nor did he see the other North Korean officer rolling up the sleeves of his jacket. An American non-commissioned officer strode forward to warn Captain Boniface. At that moment, Lieutenant Pack screamed, Kill! <laughs> I've also read he yelled, kill the bastards. Whoa. And I'm not sure why he took his watch, put it in a handkerchief in his pocket, I guess to make sure it didn't get damaged in the fight. But Sure, it won't get damaged in your pocket. Yeah. If you get thrown around. Yeah, it was protected by yeah. a handkerchief. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine then. Handkerchiefs obviously notoriously very strong. It's like a little airbag in your pocket. <laughs> so he yelled, kill or kill the bastards. Either way, the North Koreans attacked... Not with guns, but with crowbars, clubs and axes that, that they'd picked up from the ground left by the men cutting the tree. Because remember, not many people have guns in this area, so they use mm. other weapons. Captain Boniface was pushed to the ground and the men's leader was bludgeoned to death in front of his other men. What, what the 
Yeah, they just clubbed him. Awful, awful stuff. <gasps> Meanwhile, the, the other high-ranking officer of the group, First Lieutenant Mark Barrett, jumped over a low wall and landed in a deep tree-filled depression, a little hole in the earth. The depression was not visible from the road because of the dense grass and small trees. The whole incident only lasted 20 to 30 seconds and not a single shot was fired. And you might be wondering why the United Nations Command didn't retaliate, especially with their guns. And that's because soldiers were given strict orders that they could only fire their 45 pistols if they were being directly shot at or their lives were in direct danger or if firing would save someone else's life. If their comrade had already been killed, it was too late to engage the assailant. That was a strict rule. Wow. They also had to wait for orders to shoot, and the man who would give that order had just been quickly beaten to death. Wow. Shit. So they didn't draw their guns. As UN, uh, UNC forces dispersed the North Korean soldiers, they were able to place Boniface's body in the truck. But First Lieutenant Barrett was nowhere to be seen. That's the guy that jumped over the wall into the, into the ditch. The UN forces, however, did observe some North Korean guards acting very strangely, hanging about uh, and then walking into a ditch near the tree. When it was realised that Barrett was still missing, a search and rescue squad was quickly dispatched and found that Barrett had been attacked in the ditch with an axe by the North <gasps> Koreans, by multiple North Koreans. It's really very, very violent. Oh, my God. He was recovered but died from his injuries on the way to the hospital. So two soldiers from the US have been murdered. Over a tree. Over a tree, yeah. And that's why it's called the axe incident because he was killed with an axe. Whoa. And shit was ready to hit the fan. Sirens went off throughout the DMZ and troops were put on high alert. Word of the attack quickly reached military leaders on both sides. On the North Korean side, they were quick to paint the event as being down to US aggression. Their media report uh, on the day of the event stated... Quote, at around 10.45am today, the American imperialist aggressors sent in 14 hoodlums with axes into the JSA to cut the trees on their own accord, although such a work should have mutually been consented to beforehand. Four persons from our side went to the spot to warn them not to continue the work without our consent. Against our persuasion, they attacked our guards en masse and committed a serious provocative act of beating our men, wielding murderous weapons and depending on the fact that they outnumbered us. Our guards could not but resort to self-defence measures under the circumstances of this reckless provocation. So they said that the US started it all. But I will yeah. say that there is video and photos of the event and that is not true. How's their video and photos? Uh, because people uh, from Got the... Got their smartphones out. Yeah, yeah. No, they... Um, from the... Uh, what? Not checkpoint. The watchtowers, they uh, had surveillance of them. Right. Oh. And they took photos, yeah. Someone took a few rolls, uh, camera rolls of photos of the event. You can't see everything, but you can definitely see who starts it. Uh, Kim Jong-il, the son of the then-leader Kim Il-sun, described the event to other leaders in Sri Lanka where he happened to be as being an unprovoked attack led by American officers. So they very much painted it as if the US started it. So that's one side. Over in Washington, President Gerald Ford and Secretary of State Henry Kissinger were also analysing the event and planning their next move. Kissinger, of course, famous for winning the Nobel Prize in 1973, but also probably more famous for dropping his glasses in a toilet that were later found by Homer Simpson. Hi, Homer. <laughs> Do you like football? Do you like nachos? Well, why don't you come over and have nachos while we watch football? <laughs> 
great bit of love. <laughs> Gerald Ford, that's all I really know about him. <laughs> that bit? Do you remember the bit on The Simpsons with Henry Kissinger? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Homer picks up his glasses from the toilet and then he starts talking about triangles and the guy's like, that's a right triangle, you idiot! Do you remember that bit? I don't think I no. Oh, it's so good. And then he, Henry Kissinger's speaking to Mr. Burns in his office and, the, and Smithers is like, uh, thanks, Mr. Kissinger. I'm, I hope your glasses will turn up. And he goes, yes, I'm sure they will. And then it jumps into his mind and it says, he's speaking to himself, yes, no one must know that I, the man who drafted the Paris Accord, lost his glasses in a toilet. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> Uh, Kissinger, that man who would later lose his glasses, called for an attack on the North Korean barracks to ensure a, quote, high probability of getting the people who did this. They have killed two Americans and if we do nothing, they will do it again, he told a briefing. We have to do something. So he was looking for blood, proper retaliation. Within hours of the attack, Kissinger was also asking whether there were North Korean fishing boats that the United States could, quote, shoot up or capture. So he just wanted some sort of revenge. Probably, fortunately, Kissinger was overruled, but everyone in the US agreed on one thing. The tree had to go. (laughs) (laughs) It was decided (laughs) that they wanted to show strength against North Korea. It's all about bravado and not losing face in that part of the world. But at the same Mm. time, they didn't want to further escalate events. But they do want to cut down the tree. Yeah, they do take it out on the tree. These are beautiful big trees as well. Beautiful. I've just remembered where I'm, there's a uh, well, there used to be a cafe or a restaurant in Bright where I visit a lot. We got family up there in Country Victoria, and they, there's a restaurant called Poplars, and that's because oh. there's a lot of poplar trees in the area. They're just big, tall trees, and they in the autumn they go this cool yellow color, or the leaves do. It's one of those classic autumn. Autumnal trees. There you go. Beautiful. And you never knew that that's why we were called that. Yeah, no, I never connected that, yeah. Amazing. Well, if you've learnt nothing else here today. I've learnt what Poplars is named after. (laughs) A restaurant that may or may not still exist. (laughs) This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I've got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was saving them for my wedding. That has been been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that felt, that's a weight off my shoulder. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. That he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching! 
You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I use to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, the US also raised defence readiness levels to DEFCON 3. Oh, I love that phrase. And the higher it goes, the more DEFCON it becomes. Mm, that's right. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. Oh. <laughs> what does DEFCON mean? So DEFCON means um, defence readiness condition and is graded from 1 to 5, 5 being most relaxed, 1 being actual nuclear war. Oh, Whoa. I always thought like DEFCON 5 was bad. But five's like, everyone chill. Everyone chill. We're only at DEFCON oh, 5. Don't worry yeah, about it. And this is actually the first time um, that it had gone to DEFCON 3 since the armist- in that area of the world since the armistice in 1953. So it was a big step all over this yeah. fucking tree. God, that's ridiculous. But honestly, don't even text me about a DEFCON 5 in the middle of the night. I don't want to wake up, look at my phone and be like, are you fucking de- You couldn't have just told me in the morning. <laughs> DEFCON 5, I don't care. <laughs> Here I was this whole time thinking... That was serious. We've gone to DEFCON oh, 5. That's actually great. Awesome. <laughs> if I've learned anything today, it's the order of DEFCONs. Mm. Thank you, Dave. What about that popular restaurant in Bright? Was that? How dare you? I was not listening. <laughs> oh, no. The SAS twins have turned on themselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have to, we have to, we have to maintain, okay? Yeah. We are not the enemy. No. Dave is. Well, I'm just looking up DEFCON 5 here. Just to, I was just double-checking. I hadn't fucked it up. And I haven't because uh, on according to airspacemag.com, apparently screenwriters often get the scale wrong. So that's probably why uh, you're thinking that, Jess. Uh, so, yeah, number one is imminent war or actual nuclear war. Number five is peacetime. So when they say DEFCON 5, that's great. So it's like it's DEFCON 5 now. Yeah. Uh, probably depending on where you are. Yes. Yeah, In right. Australia, In we're house. at five. I was even talking even smaller in my house. Everything's fine here. Sorry to brag. Oh, Everything's all good. Okay. I went to DEFCON 3 in my bathroom after that burrito I ate last night. Let me tell you. I love watching Matt in those moments because he laughs but he also hates yeah, He's it. like, oh, no. He's like, I hate these fuckers I work I mean, with. I said I did ask you to shit on my tree before. Um, yeah. but, but if I'm I mean, in control of it, it's I'm okay. But when other people are doing it. In control of the shit or the joke? The shit, shit talk. Oh, right. <laughs> I was going to say, because you are not in control of just shitting on your tree. Unless you... But he asked me to do oh. it. All right, I'm Jess, back just it up. I'm probably just going to shit in a bag and bring it over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go to Matt's house and just be like, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> just don't mind me. Just fertilising <laughs> the, uh, the tomato tree. Get these, okay. get these little bloody blossoms blooming. Yeah. Oh, you got some tomatoes in your little mixed salad there. Are they from the tree? <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I'm just, I'm just here to ruin dinner. <laughs> well, so we're at DEFCON 3, which is medium. Okay. It's still not good. You don't want to get to DEFCON 3. After three days of planning, a new operation was put into action. The plan was called Operation Paul Bunyan. 
Okay. Do you know who Paul Bunyan is? I think um, no. I was going to make a Paul Blart mall cop. Yeah, joke. he's the mall cop, and, isn't he? And I was like, just shut up, Jess. <laughs> just answer Dave's question. He's trying to do a report. No, I don't know. I don't know who Paul Bunyan. Paul is. Bunyan mall cop onion shop owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I also didn't really know, but he's named after Paul Bunyan, a giant lumberjack and folk hero in American and Canadian folklore. Oh. Typically wears a, a big red lumber jacket and he's very big. He's a giant man. Something to do with a blue ox. I reckon anyway. you're definitely nailing why this guy's important to America and Canada. <laughs> oh, he's real big know. and he wears a jacket. <laughs> well, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I recognise the image of it. If you look him up, you go, oh, yeah. Just a classic that. looking sort of lumberjack yeah. guy. And there's all these stories about him. And he's accompanied by Babe the Blue Ox. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm sure they all know who he is. So that's why it's called Operation Paul Bunyan because they're going to chop the fuck out of this tree. Okay, sure, that makes sense. So the plan was to cut down the tree but to do so with a massive display of force. But they weren't exactly sure how the North Koreans would respond. It would need to be a delicate blend of showing force but also not too much to kick off a full-scale war. It was a very precarious situation. This is how Korean historian Van Jackson describes the US attitude at the time. Quote, The idea was that if the North Koreans want to retaliate against the show of force, then we'll light them up. But otherwise, let's keep in mind a sense of proportionality. (laughs) So they're prepared to, if they want to kick something off, we're not going to stop it, but we would prefer if they didn't. We'll fuck shit up, but we're not starting. So they're not feeling like they need to retaliate over the... The brutally murdered soldiers. Well, that's the mindset of the leaders. The soldiers, on the other hand, two of theirs had been brutally beaten to death, so some of them wanted swift revenge. Right. But yeah. The leaders are trying to let cool heads prevail but at the same time not look like that they're um, wussing out. Yeah. Completely. Uh, to quote from the BBC again, this really shows the mindset of the Americans. Wayne Johnson was a 19-year-old US private with a 2nd Battalion 9th Infantry stationed at Camp Liberty Bell just outside the JSA. He drove his commanding officer to a briefing the night before the tree-cutting operation and saw a lieutenant ask what would happen to his unit. Quote, I watched the officer turn around with his piece of chalk and draw an X through our unit designation on the chalkboard. Then he turned back and said, any more questions? <laughs> Wait, treasure? There's treasure here? <laughs> Whoa. We should, we should dig for treasure? What are we doing? Why are we mucking around with this war stuff? Let's get the treasure. So he's saying they would be taken out. Yeah, he's basically saying, you're not coming back tomorrow, mate. Right. Which is so brutal to say. Yeah. I reckon that's the Give most him some br- hope. brutal use of chalk I've ever heard of. <laughs> Since bloody Miss Xavier in grade four. <laughs> Don't start about Miss Xavier. Oh, she's the one who told me Santa's not real. <laughs> Haven't forgiven oh, her. Oh, I know. Oh, you know. I know who Miss Xavier is. <laughs> we, don't, we don't say that. And she wrote yet. it on the board in chalk. Oh, Santa is Because they, they didn't have whiteboards back in those days. <laughs> they didn't. That's true. Did she just write the word Santa and then just put, put, put a, big a big X through it and then turn to the crowd? <laughs> Any <laughs> questions? Oh, Dave, I, I love how much you're in show business that a classroom of kids is a crowd to you. I know. Fucking hell. <laughs> what a wanker. <laughs> What a wanker. Dave, no. Dave, what great Dave. self-awareness. Yes. 
Yes, you are a wanker. <laughs> Embrace You're it. Like, so I sent an email to some of my colleagues, aka the crowd from work yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave, you just go out there and be the best wanker you can be. Thank you. Thank you. That's the right attitude. Another one of the company said, quote, we were prepared not to come back. It felt kind of surreal. We've been here since 1950 and it's all going to go down over this tree, end quote. So they were thinking it was a bit silly. As the United States dispatched an aircraft carrier to Korean waters and moved nuclear and conventional artillery and missiles to concrete bunkers, North Korea shifted to full combat readiness, conducted civilian air raid exercises and evacuated top North Korean officials in Pyongyang to fortified tunnels. So they were both preparing for full-scale war. And this is still DEFCON 4? DEFCON 3. DEFCON 3, sorry. But they, they, all that still is in 3. 2 is probably when shots have been fired or something, is it? Yeah, if it gets worse, yeah. If it actually, if shots were fired, number 2, and if once the nuclear war started, you're at DEFCON 1, baby. And DEFCON 0 is when all life on Earth has been wiped out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you really don't want to get there. I keep saying DEFCON, but it's DEFCON, isn't it? DEFCON. Defcon. Uh, John Singlaub, the then chief of staff of the US forces in Korea, said, quote, it was my estimate, shared by many of the staff, that the operation stood at 50-50 chance of starting a war. In less than an hour, several hundred thousand men might very well be fighting and dying in those steep, blood-soaked mountains. If the murderous North Korean assault on our forces had been part of an elaborate plot to trigger, trigger an American military response, which in turn would provoke a North Korean invasion, we might be teetering on the brink of a holocaust. If North Korea unleashed a massive armoured assault against Seoul, we would have no choice but to request authorization for the first use of nuclear weapons since World War II. But there was no backing down now. Shit. What the fuck? So they're having these full-scale meetings about how World War Three basically is about to fucking kick off. Oh, my God. Jess, I don't know about you, but I'm nervous. Is World yeah. War Three about to kick off? Oh, my God. I really thought I would have heard about this, but... But, I mean, I'm pretty stupid. And I don't always read the newspaper, so I might have right. missed it. So we could have missed yeah. World War Three. Yeah, you were you reading the newspaper in 1976, late August? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Dave. And I do remember <laughs> I on The know. Simpsons that Hugh Grant uh, rubbed into Homer that Britain saved America's ass in World War Three. I do remember that. So, oh, that's true. Jeez, I I noticed. So, in on the Patreon group, there's for listeners there. Uh, we have someone who audits our Simpsons references, and it had been quite last few weeks. I think I'm starting to overcorrect today. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've you've done a great job. Thank you so much. But now shut the fuck okay. up about this. <laughs> Will <nonsense. do. laughs> Well, Wayne Johnson, the teenager I mentioned earlier who saw an X on the chalkboard, was tasked with rigging the US side of the base with explosives. So if North Koreans captured the building, they would just blow up the whole thing. Mm. They also secured the bridge of no return, hoping to stop North Korean reinforcements from entering the JSA. The, that bridge was also wired with explosives and the massive gun of a tank was aimed at the bridge should the need arise to quickly destroy it. Just aimed a tank at it. Yeah. There we go. That should sort that. On August 21st, 1976 at 7am, three days after the killings, two eight-men teams of engineers were driven to the tree by a truck. That's 16 people. <laughs> Hold on. Yes, you're right. You are absolutely right. Yes. 
Are those I'm things- getting good at maths, you guys. I reckon that – have we improved your math level, do you reckon? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, these 16 men were armed with giant chainsaws. and so, <laughs> I read that some of them had spent all night practising how to use them. <laughs> I was like <laughs> – Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is – all right. Well, you should probably just get someone that knows how to use a chainsaw. I love the idea of a teen movie montage, you know. They're all in their PJs <laughs> overnight in the same sorority room and they're practising <laughs> chainsawing together, helping each other. Somebody somebody sort of doesn't quite do it right and they cut off one of their friend's arms and, fr- <laughs> like, they're looking at their arm like, ah, ah, but then they sort of all go, <laughs> Yeah, that's it's all a bit that of fun. Oh, uh, it's so fun. So I should say, fifteen men were sent to the tree because one was left behind after losing a limb back at the sorority camp. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff would like that, and a bit of a rounder number there. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Actually, sixteen's my favorite number. So sixteen's my favorite number. You two are Fuck, we're so cute. cute, and Jess <gasps> so full of contradictions. Yeah, isn't that great? You're complicated. I love it. It's it's I'm exciting. Mm. You know. Never a dull day. Can't keep up with you. What's she going to be mad about today? Who knows? <laughs> Thrilling. You might be wondering why they're using chainsaws. Well, it had been suggested that they take out the tree with heavier equipment. For example, they could just blow it up. Mm. But, uh, or just, you know, take it out with other heavier equipment, bulldozers, etc. But officers feared it would be too difficult to speedily get them out of there if the North Koreans tried to intervene. So to make evacuation a quick possibility, they cut it down by hand. Oh, like... Karate chopping it. <laughs> yeah. Hi-ya. <laughs> it took six weeks. <laughs> Fuck, that's still very good. Oh, no, it's still pretty good, right? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, well, the backup they had was as if they were already at war. These teams were accompanied by two 30-man security platoons from the Joint Security Force who were armed with pixel, uh, pistols and axe handles. They were also accompanied... Axe handles. Axe handles, Yeah. I love big Not sticks. axes, just the handles of axes. Um, yeah, I think sort of they often would carry around lots sort of club-like things. That's okay. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, they were also accompanied by a 64-man task force of the South Korean 1st Special Forces Brigade, basically their commandos, and uh, these guys were armed with clubs and were also trained in Taekwondo. So they could have been karate chopping the tree. Well, taekwondo chopping. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And as someone who got to red belt in taekwondo, I feel I could have been pretty helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So these men were also supposed to be unarmed. They're just using their lethal fists and clubs. However, once they parked their trucks near the Bridge of No Return, they started throwing out the sandbags that lined the truck bottoms and handing out M16 rifles and M79 grenade launchers that had been hidden in the truck. <laughs> so they just wanted to look unarmed. Yeah. But I thought, really, on, they were very heavily yeah, armed. On the way in, you know, you get checked at the checkpoint. You're like, yeah, no, I've got no guns. We're all good. You know, we're just... Yeah. We're the, just got a club. We're the Taekwondo experts. They're like, oh, of course, no worries. You don't need weapons. And then they just start pulling out rocket launchers. Yeah, shit. I just sort of figure when push comes to shove, I'm just going to club this guy to death. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh no. yeah, great. Carry on. It's like a, like a car full of people going to a music festival. So, you got yeah. any grog? No, 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 no. Nah. Don't check the spare tyre. <laughs> <laughs> Check the Don't open that watermelon <laughs> or that loaf of bread. They check the watermelon and it's got a grenade launcher inside. <laughs> it. 
But the spare tire is full of cans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that is definitely water in that bottle, <laughs> not a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> not an AK-47. Several of the commandos also had M18 Claymore mines strapped to their chests and were holding the detonators in their hands. No. They were shouting at the North Koreans to cross the bridge, goading them. And then and then what, they'd give them a hug and blow themselves up? I don't really know because the, the idea, that, I think the idea is that they're holding sort of dead man triggers so if they get shot then they'll explode. But also if you're nowhere near them it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, if you've shot them from a di- any distance. You'll just blow you up shot, the guy um, next to you. Yeah, that's probably right. Probably one of your teammates. I mean, I know war's not a, a sport. Yeah, They're probably they're not blow. teammates, are they? Everything uh, to Dave uh, is is a show. Everything yeah. to me is a game. Yeah, you'll blow up uh, one of your fellow crowd members <laughs> if you take one out. <laughs> one of your fellow ticket holders. Yeah. Oh, sorry. oh, no, not the punter next to me. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, So there were 20 utility helicopters and seven Cobra or Cobra attack helicopters circling behind them as they cut the trees. B-52 bombers flew overhead. It's also suspected that other planes carrying nuclear bombs were also flying above them. And in case it all did kick off, 12,000 additional troops had been ordered to Korea. So it's like a full-on war to cut down this tree. Far out. As the operation began, North Korean troops, approximately 200, arrived in buses and began setting setting up machine guns and assault rifles. They watched as the tree began to fall. The chainsaw cut through or chainsaws cut through each of the three main tree trunks of the tree and the US soldiers cheered as each of them hit the ground. And the North Koreans watching on did nothing. For 42 minutes, they watched on as the engineers cut down the tree. This was three minutes faster than the mission had been estimated to take. They purposefully, this is the US guys, left the six metre or 20 foot tall tree stump and after their mission was over, the US and South Korean soldiers quickly withdrew. So thankfully, full-scale war was avoided. But the incident did raise tension in the DMZ. Troops at Camp Liberty Bell... Liberty Bell. One Liberty, Liberty Bell. Bell. Two <laughs> Liberty Bells. Come on, Liberty Bell. A chair. I mean, woo. Three Liberty Bells. Bell. So, uh, uh, so troops at Camp Liberty Bell and the JSA stayed on high alert after the operation in case of retaliation. It was weeks before the men could return to their regular routine. Within hours of the tree being felled, North Korea's leader Kim Il-sung conveyed regret for the killing of Boniface and Barrett. He didn't fully apologise but even this was seen as very unusual for the usually steadfast dictator. So the US felt that their display of force had achieved uh, achieved its intended effect. So even the yeah dictator, who never had a nice word to say about the side, even he was like, that shouldn't have happened. Almost an, oh. ap- almost an apology. I'm suspicious, though. Uh, the incident also changed the JSA for good. Within days, after several rounds of talks, North Korea removed its guard posts from the southern side of the joint security area, and from that point on, the two sides have been separated by the military demarcation line that runs through the middle. And it's still like that to this day. So instead of mingling now, there is a line down the middle and you can only look at each other. And they stand off face to face, is that true? Or is it like that full on, people standing either side of the line? It's pretty close, yeah. Wow. No way. And it's like that to this day. In April 2018, Kim Il-sung's grandson and current North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, 
made worldwide headlines when he stepped over the concrete dividing line to meet South Korean President Moon Jae-in. Amazingly, decades earlier, Moon had been serving in the South Korean army and was involved in Operation Paul Bunyan. No. So that's that's pretty crazy. That's wild. So it, it basically if, if uh, North Korea wanted to, they could have seen the cutting down of the tree. Like that could have, as far as the South knew, that could have kicked off a war and they just rolled the dice on it. Basically, absolutely right. Oh, my God. It must have felt like a real anticlimax that they were ready for war and the adrenaline's pumping and then nothing happens and they just get to go back home. I reckon one of the better anticlimaxes you could get, though. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't be complaining, but I'd be very confused. That's why I was like, surely something's going to happen, but that it just, just nothing did. No, thankfully... War was avoided. Wow. Uh, the JSA also changed uh, for the soldiers. Bill Ferguson, the 18-year-old who I mentioned at the start of the report, is quoted in The Atlantic. He said, The joint security area wasn't anywhere near as fun as and exciting after the military demarcation line was poured. Things still had the potential to explode, but it was like riding the huge roller coaster at your favourite amusement park, only to return and learn that the ride is closed and you get stuck with the little kid's roller coaster. Oh, the giant drop, yeah. Beautiful analogy, yes. War, in so many ways, is like your favourite roller coaster being closed for maintenance. And uh, I know. As for the tree that nearly started nuclear war and possibly World War Three, well, today the stump has been removed and replaced by a small memorial to the slain soldiers Arthur Boniface and Mark Barrett. But the tree lives on. U.S. soldier Mike Bilbo recalls. One day I went out and sawed a couple of pieces off the branch. Everybody's got a piece of that damn tree. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. And it's the kind of tree that you can take a branch and and plant it or whatever? No, I think that everyone just took it like a souvenir piece of like... Oh, dead wood. We we risked our lives for this to cut down this tree. So we've all got a little souvenir and keepsake. Because there are trees like... I remember when we moved as kids... My dad took a cutting off this big uh, weeping willow in our backyard when we were living in the country Ooh. and he took it to our next place when we were Carton of Charlton and he grew a second weeping willow in the backyard of our Charlton house. That's and cool. And I've been back, they're both still there, which is kind of cool. That's, That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, so I, it's weird. I don't understand how you can do that with some trees, take a cutting and... But I'm not a horticulturalist. That's probably why. Not yet. Not yet. But Thank you're getting you. a tomato plant mm, today. That's Start true. shitting. <laughs> yeah. Start saving up them poops. Oh, you have to save them. <laughs> <laughs> I I should say I I need just to do it because I I don't poop. A gentleman never poops. Yeah, but a lady <laughs> sure does. <laughs> a lady shits. A gentleman never poops. <laughs> Well, with that note, that is the end of the North Korean or the Korean axe murder incident. A fascinating chapter. I, that is one of those stories and they come up pretty regularly on this show where I'm like, how did I not know about that? <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. heard of that. Yeah. And it's a, a wild and fascinating story. And you think that if, you know, only a couple of other little tiny things had to change for it basically to change the course of human history from that point yeah. on. Yeah. That is wow. wild. Great. That is full on. Great work, Great Dave. work, Dave. You know, we're talking Thanks, everybody. about before about um, jokes that people say, why didn't you say this joke? And we get a few mm. messages like that every week. I don't know. I should say this to you off air. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess one that comes up. I don't know. I'll tell you later. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, that's exciting. I'm like, I bet you someone says, why didn't you make this joke? Okay. But now you're inviting even more Yeah, now those. you're inviting people to try and figure out what the joke oh, is. Oh, no, that's true. Is that fun or not? Uh, well, we just said we, we get a lot of those messages oh, and now we're definitely going to get even more. I'm up for encouraging it, whatever. Dur- address them to me. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm up for those people to start their own podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll heckle from the sidelines, why didn't you say this? <laughs> like, well, that has nothing to do with anything. Well, you should have said. Don't you mean you'll heckle from the crowd? <laughs> yes. Sorry, the sidelines. That's a Matt. That's a Matt thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. I'll suckle from the. I'll heckle from the dugout or whatever you say. I'll suckle from the. Oh, that's another thing again. I'll suckle that's from Kim Jong Un's teeth. <laughs> His supple teeth. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, where we get to thank a few patrons, and they get to give us a little bit of information. In a section of the show, I like to call fact, quote, or question with a jingle that goes a little something like this: fact, quote, or question. Ah, he always remembers the ding. Another Simpsons reference. And the way to get involved in this is if you go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod or if you can follow the links via dogoonpod.com and you uh, support us on the Sydney Scheinberg level or above, you can get involved and give us a fact or quarter a question as well as a bunch of other rewards on all sorts of levels. The $2 level, you get to vote on a topic every three weeks and then there's t- uh, levels up and up and as you go up, you get more things. Shout-out level, then there's the level where you get three bonus episodes per month. Uh, so far this month, we've already done one, which was an, a, a quiz night where I quizzed Dave and Jess, much like a, a pub trivia kind of quiz where you can play along mm. at home. A lot of fun, that one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. Quizzing episode. Uh, and then yeah, we do three rounds of good times, I'd call it. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of good times there. Brendan Actually, Fraser four show. Rounds. What's the Brendan Fraser film we got coming up this month if anyone wants to watch it ahead of time? It's the one with Something Sweethearts. But it's got um, Donald Keith Sutherland. Keith, Donald Sutherland. One of the Sutherlands are in it. So look that up. It's the one that comes after 20 bucks or $20. Anyway, we're, taking, we're paying a lot of attention to the great work of Brendan Fraser. We're all just hanging out for the mummy. Um. <laughs> but honestly, we still have a good time even though we watch the films that aren't probably his most famous movies so far. I'm hanging out for George of the Jungle. That's got to be coming up soon. Watch out for that. Next year sometime. Movie. Um, so anyway, on the Sydney Scheinberg level, we get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question this week. Uh, first up, we've got Justin McCain, Mr. Justin McCain. Plays a silly game. And he's given himself the title... Uh, which is quite long. What has he written here? So I had this whole bit I was doing about impersonating royalty and doctors. Then I was in prison and it was going to be a triptych of titles, but I lost interest, so I guess I'll just be the official mailman of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for walking us through your process. I love to hear a process. Mm. Uh, thank you so much, Justin McCain. He's one of our longest-serving patrons, I reckon, especially on the Sydney Schoenberg level. Uh, and Mr. Justin McCain is asking us a question this week. And the question is, can I guilt you all into coming to the US on tour as part of an invite to my COVID-delayed celebration of me and my wife's wedding next July? Oh, (laughs) Justin, I wish... I mean, I think you're being hopeful that Australians would be allowed into America by next July. 
Yeah, right now we Melbournians can't leave our houses. <laughs> it's very hard um, to get to America because it's not within our five-kilometre bubble. <laughs> yeah, I can't see my mum who lives 14 kilometres away. But uh, um, I would love if if I'm in the neighbourhood, I would definitely come to your wedding, Justin McCain. Uh, Me too. That's, that would be fun. Of course. Next July might be hard. If you could put it back another year, we might start uh, being a Maybe? bit more realistic, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. But at the same time, I have absolutely no idea. Hopefully a vaccine just comes out tomorrow. How good would that be? Oh, wow. God, that'd be so good. Everything, and we just go, oh, that was a weird little bit of time, wasn't it? Yeah. Everything's entirely are, normal again now. Hopefully people listening to this in a couple of years being like, ha, they didn't know that the vaccine was going to come and make everything normal. It actually made everything oh, better. Be there nice. was a side effect of the vaccine that made everyone cool. <gasps> and everyone's dicks got bigger. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, I don't have a lot of room to grow. <laughs> oh, gonna need new pants. I don't know why I invited that, but oh, I don't know here why. Here we I'm... are. No, honestly, it'll be a welcome relief. Um... <laughs> Thank you so much for that question, Justin. Great question. Uh, so nice to be invited, and hopefully, we can make that happen. Katie Murphy is also on the Fat Quota Question section, and Katie's given herself the title podcast head of. Ethnomusicology. About time we had that position filled. Oh, my, we've, I've advertised that for, for months now. So good to have <laughs> someone qualified. And Katie Murphy, you were the right person for the job. Well done. And Katie's given us a quote. And here it is. In a 2015 conference, Stephen Hawking was asked, what do you think is the cosmological effect of Zane leaving One Direction and breaking the hearts of millions of teenage <laughs> girls across the world? After a pregnant pause, he replied, finally, a question about something important. My advice to any heartbroken young girl is to pay close attention to the study of theoretical physics because one day there may well be proof of multiple universes. It would not then be beyond the realms of possibility that somewhere outside of our own universe lies a different universe. And in that universe, Zane is still in one direction. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. One can only hope that that happens. That's a great quote, if a real quote. I'm. All, I don't know why I'm so doubtful of that. I'm like, I don't, I, I didn't realize that uh, Stephen Hawking was such a funny man. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good gear. That's great. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Thank you for filling the podcast head of ethnomusicology role. Yeah, finally, welcome aboard. Uh, also, would. Love to thank Paul Jacob, who's given himself the title of Comptroller of Cheesiest Cheese Snacks and Meals. Oh, very important, oh, Dave, your favourite. The cheesier the better, my friend. Oh, this is great. We've got a fact, a quote, and a question this week because Paul oh. has given us a fact, and the fact is Grand Rapids, Michigan, is home to one of Nina Akumu's 24-foot-tall version of Leonardo's horse. The other located oh. is uh, in some city called Milan. Not as tall as the Kelpies, which is what we went and saw, I think, mm -hmm. uh, in Scotland. More accessible than Turkmenistan and nowhere near as scary as Blucifer. Surrounded by, which we talk, all these references to big horses. I forget how horse-heavy this show can be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, plus the other horse uh, episode that we probably won't mention at this time. but um... No, not in this time slot. <laughs> Uh, surrounded by a beautiful botanical garden, 
And during the post-pandemic world, it's a worthwhile stop on your three-month road trip across the U.S. Grand Rapids is also home of 46 breweries. Whoa, it's a lot of breweries. Wow. In one, is Grand Rapids a city or a, must be a region maybe. That's a lot of breweries. Yeah, uh, six, second largest city in Michigan. Yeah, I'm looking up. And it's got 46 breweries. Huge if true. That's crazy. As well as six cideries and nine distilleries. Ooh. Some Ooh. are for everybody. A cidery? Oh, and more meaderies. Many... Dave, <gasps> something for you. I know you're an old Viking. <laughs> I was hoping for a milkshakery, but okay. <laughs> uh, and it's been. it's got the nickname Beer City by the USA Today. You can find you Beer City Ale trail maps online. Also, sorry for breaking the Doctor of Podcasts here. Oh, you didn't, you didn't break it, Paul. Uh, no, you did not break it at all, Paul. Thank you so much for that fact. We revamped the Doctor of Podcasts here recently. I don't know if we mentioned that on the show, but that was not anything to do with Paul. That was just because uh, the long-term things on there had not been, no one had been um, taking their rewards on the Doctor of Podcasts here, <laughs> yeah. which included um, having a beer with me online. And I'd, I'd sort of briefly talked with a few people about it, but it was just, it, couldn't, it never quite um, happened. It was the time so difference that got time you, Time differences it? and then yeah, some, it's always hard. Uh, one of the guys worked FIFO and like so he was away for four weeks and he's like, and then, I, you know, it's just it never lined up quite right. So we've changed it now. So if you're on the Doctor of Podcast here, we do a video message to you every month and you can ask us questions to answer or whatever and we do a personalised video back to you, which uh, Jess emails out. Um, so if anyone's keen on that, yeah. That is one of the, that's like top echelon. You also get to give a fact quote or question. You get it all on that level. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Paul, for that fact. And finally, from Wes Pakala, uh, Wes writes a question. Oh, sorry. And he's given himself the title of Vice President of the Do Go On Drinking Team. Wes, if, <laughs> oh. if you're anywhere near Grand Rapids, maybe you could go there and, and uh, do some work for us. Yeah, a bit of research. Uh, your question. Wes is, if or when you three are able to do a North American tour, which cities would you <laughs> most like to see or perform in? Isn't that amazing? Three of the four questions have oh been my, American tour related. I feel like it hasn't been mentioned in a while because of current world events, but that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I still dream of it. But, yeah, it does feel like it's, it's not in the near future, mm. as I'm imagining most people would probably be aware of. And probably, I mean, maybe not even in the not-too-distant future. Might just be, you know? yeah. Um, so cities I'd love to go to. I mean, I've been to a few that I'd love to return to, and then there's other ones. I, I've only been to Austin in Texas. I'd love to see a bit more of Texas. Oh, I've been watching this show. I've been watching a lot of this house uh, channel. Jess, I don't know if you watch Nine Life much. That's mm. what the channel I've watched the most in lockdown. And it's just all day long, either reality <laughs> shows or house renovation shows and stuff. I don't know. It's a yeah. Lockdowns affected me in weird ways. But there's this one show called Hometown, and it's set in, I say Mississippi, in this little town there. And it's a husband and wife, and they fix up these old houses. And I just, it's just a real like it's uh, what do you call, like just like feel good sort of TV where they oh, love make it. a house over and and make it look real cool. And they're all old, cool houses anyway. And, yeah, so whatever. It's called, like, Lorraine, Mississippi or something. 
Oh. I wonder if we can. There's almost no chance we can, but I'd <laughs> love to swing by there at some point. <laughs> Obviously, Dave, you want to get to Vermont to try a whoopee. <laughs> a creamy. A creamy, sorry. Got to get up to get a creamy. I'm keen to perform in New York City, baby. Oh, yeah, that That'd is be the cool. Dream. Definitely. That's. I really want to get there. Comedy Mecca. I'm trying to think of. There's a bunch of places I want to go, you know? Chicago. Oh, the Windy City. Seattle. I've never been Portland. to Chicago. Obviously, Gary goes without saying, I want to get to the Steel of Yard. Of course, Gary, Indiana. See, yes. the, see the bloody South Shore Railcats in action. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll, I mean, they, I haven't been in contact with them for a while, but I wonder if the offer of me being able to throw the first pitch at a game. Oh, I'm sure that stands. Up. I'm sure it always stands. That's a lifelong invitation, right? <laughs> Surely. You can't put like a time limit on invitations. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch, but I'd love to do the uh, little road trip down up or down the West Coast as part of it. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, the gold, Drive the Golden Mile from Pittsburgh to Gary, Indiana, taking in, of course, Ohio, America's greatest state. Is Dollywood on your list, Bob? I was literally just looking up Dollywood. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, up in the in the Knoxville Smoky Mountains. Knoxville, that's where <gasps> the Wigsphere is, is it? Well, I also want to see the Wigsphere, of course, as well. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so many places. I mean, I, I've yeah. I've just added Grand Rapids on the list for sure. Yep, it's honestly, I think at this stage, with the list being the length that it is, we just have to move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need to start a new think... list. Places we don't want to go. There's nothing on yeah. it as yet. That's easier. Yeah. yeah, I wanna wanna see it all. Uh great question. Thanks, Wes. Uh well that brings us to our next favorite part of the show, which is where we get to thank a few more patrons. Jess normally comes up with a game. I want to put to you a suggestion this week, Bob. Okay, I'm open uh, to this. Uh obviously you got the final call, but I, I love some of the nicknames today. Was it Captain Cobra? No. That's Dave. What was it? It was Captain Bulldog. Yeah, we had a bulldog. We had Mad Dog. Yeah, and I and also there was a, a soldier called Wayne Johnson, and in yes. or Johnson and in the AFL back in the day there was a Wayne Johnson. His nickname was the Dominator. I think, <laughs> I'm just. Oh, I think we get. I was just thinking of the Rock the whole time. Oh, Wayne the Rock Johnson. Oh yeah, isn't that funny? We think we we mm. we like different sports, <laughs> but um, I love the sport of acting. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could give them all a, a badass nickname. Okay, yeah, that sounds much nicer than what I had thought of. So yeah, let's what do that. What are you going to blow them up? <laughs> what, yeah, what they started a war over. Well, that's that's actually. But in mine, nobody was was uh, beaten to okay. death. Okay, no, that's very good as well. That's pretty good. Dave, you decide then. Passing oh. vote. Well, we can just do it quickly. We'll give them a nickname and what the yes. war, what they started a war over. All right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. good. Well, if it. I can kick it off, I'd Please. love to thank from Stanwood in Washington in the United States, Bailey Wicks. <gasps> Bailey Wicks. I mean, what about? Ripe for a nickname there, Wicks. Got to be the candle or. Yeah. Wicker Man. Uh, oh, Wicker Man. Wicker Man. Yeah, Wicker Man. Or what about, uh, let's call him Cage. Oh, Nicholas yeah. Cage. Nicholas Cage or the Basket Case. Wicker basket. Basket. The basket. What a nickname. Oh, no, the basket. Oh, no. That's a badass nickname. Oh, a lot of options there for Bailey Wicks. 
who started a war over a missing light globe. Yes. <laughs> Someone took one off the front porch. Yeah. How am I supposed to light up my porch no, now? No, the security light's gone. Great. Oh, come on. I was going to go and put something like in the bin. And they're like one of those globes that are kind of hard to find. Mm. Like, yeah, you've got to go to a some, proper store to get them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like specialist hardware stores will stock it, but your big chains sometimes don't even have it. So it's actually quite annoying. This is so very annoying. inconvenient. If you, if we're, I'm not mad. Whoever could, just took the globe, if you could return it, no questions asked. Yeah. I just want the globe back. <laughs> thank you so much, Bailey. I'd also the like whip. to thank from Hopper's Crossing in Victoria, Australia, Jess Gleason. Jess Gleason. Okay. The principal at my high school was Gleason, and we just called her Gleasonator. Oh, Gleasonator, which cool. isn't great. <laughs> what about like but just? It's an option for you. What about Jess? the principal? Oh yeah, the principal is pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Sounds badass. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, if I'd ever seen Glee, I'd. Suggest one of the character names and that. Any badass names in Glee? Um, I don't know. No. Um, the singer. <laughs> the watered down cover version. <laughs> <laughs> the sometimes inappropriate cover version. I think what no. About... I think the principal's great. Just the yeah, principal Gleason. That's awesome. And what did just start a war over? Started the the war over. Um... Some graffiti in, in the toilets that said something that oh, she did not agree with. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like an opinion that she's like, oh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And the opinion was, call me if you're horny. <laughs> she's like, I don't agree I don't with agree that. With I don't that. prefer to be texted. Come on. Stop that. Stop that. Stop Let's it. cut that out. Start a war over this. Cut it out. Thank you, so Jess you Gleason, the principal. So we've got Bailey, the. Was the basket. <laughs> Did we finish on basket? The basket's the basket good. Wicks. I like it. Jess, the principal Gleason, and finally for me, I'd love to thank from Kayleen in the Australian Capital Territory, Benjamin Martin. What my dad's name is Martin. So how about Dad? <laughs> I was going to say the Martian. Oh, Martian's good. What about Spaceman? What, oh, yeah, that's good. Spaceman, Dad. <laughs> Space Dad. Space Dad. Space Father. <laughs> Darth Vader. He's yes. the Darth Vader. Just Vader. Just Vader. It's good how we get yeah. there. Vader, I like it. Benjamin Vader Martin. Yeah, That's Benjamin good. Vader yes. Martin. What did he start a, a war over? Uh, somebody took his favourite pen off his desk. Oh, oh, you don't God, do that. It's just, yeah, it's like one, yeah, one of those ones that he finally found one that just writes perfectly for him and also it was given to him by a dead relative. Uh, so it's also sentimental. You're taking Ooh. your life in your own hands when you steal a pen off Benjamin yeah. Vader Martin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You'll you'll you won't live to tell. I the reckon tale. that war. I'm going to kill that you. That war was ended very quickly with a back down and a swift apology from the pen thief. That's right. That's how all wars should end. They put the pen back with a chucky on his desk. Yep. <laughs> and he quit. He also quit the office. Whoever stole the pen, he said, "I'm moving to another town." Deal. Please. Sorry. Can I thank a few names here, please? That would be so nice. Please. Be I would like to thank from Austria. Our official uh, quiz writer for the podcast. We've done one of his quizzes on Patreon. It is Thomas Doppelreiter. Oh, Thomas. Thomas Doppelreiter. I mean, the quiz master is, is the obvious one. What about the Quizler? Oh, the Quizler. Oh, I like that. Like the Riddler sort Do of like idea? Yeah. Oh, I like it. The Quizler. Sounds like a snack. Hmm. Yeah. Could you just grab me a bag of Quizlers? I'm a bit peckish. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to the shops. Do you want some Quizzlers? What flavour Quizzlers do you want, Matt, when I go to the shops? Uh, could I get cheesy Quizzlers? Oh, yum. Okay. Yeah. Dave, what about you? What flavour Quizzlers you want? Uh, chicken for me, please. Okay, great. I'm getting salt and vinegar. Oh, this is good. None that's of us good. have to fight over Quizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I'm probably going to eat some of yours if that's okay, Jess. Don't you fucking dare. They are my Quizzlers. You said you wanted cheesy, so you eat your fucking cheesy. Well, you haven't gone yet. Can you just get two bags of salt and vinegar? Oh, okay. So I'm made of money, am I? <laughs> well, we're, Quizzlers we're, are also incredibly expensive. We've started a war over Quizzlers here, but Thomas <laughs> Doppelrider, he started a war when um, someone outbid him on something on eBay. Oh, no. he, at oh, the last second, good. he thought he had it for three days and then someone the, five seconds before the item finished, they bang, got app. in there. They use one of those cheat apps. Yeah, those pricks. Those pricks. And what they like outbid him by, you know, ten cents yeah, or something. Like, oh come on. Oh come fuck on. You. Yeah, fuck you. You're the worst. No fuck that you. Sucks. No fuck you. Oh, they'll rue the day. They'll rue the day how, they cross the Quizzler. <laughs> that's how it started. Someone said fuck yeah. you and he said no fuck you and then no, it was fuck a wall. It was a wall. Yep. Yeah. 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 Then here we are. Wow. Thomas the Quizzler doppel rider. My God. What an absolute pleasure. I would like to thank also from uh, Sydney, Ohio. Ohio. I would like to thank Steve Kaser. Oh, Steve Kaser from God's country itself, Ohio, the big O. Hey, I can't believe that I'm sort of indirectly talking right now to Ohio. Wow. What about the big O? We call him Roy. He's oh, in the Roy. big O, Roy Orbison. Yeah. Somebody's... No, I thought it was Chris Isaac. I was about to sing. Um, <laughs> well, he's actually—he's uh, sort of a bit of—he's raw. He's the big O light. He's the little O. Chris, the little O Isaac. He started, he's a lowercase well, O. Yeah. He actually the 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 war started when someone told him that they thought Chris Isaac was more talented than Roy Orbison, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it kicked off. I heard recently yeah. on uh, this podcast. I've been listening to uh, you talking talking heads to my talking head, <laughs> and they were talking about the. Traveling Wilburys and how everyone in the band was most excited. It's like a band of absolute superstars, but inside the band, everyone was like, "Can you believe we're in a band with Roy Orbison? This really? is Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Tom Petty, and they're all in awe of the Big O." So that was a, that was an interesting. That's nice. That is awesome. Is that like you guys being in a podcast with me? Yep. Yeah, we can't believe that we're doing a podcast with Roy Orbison. <laughs> I'm the Roy Orbison of podcasting. <laughs> Joy Orbison, more like it. <laughs> so thanks to Steve Roy Kaser. Thanks, Steve. And I'd like to thank now from Fort Collins, Colorado, not one but two people here, dynamic duo of Brianna and Dyrene Clark or Dyrene Clark. Oh, I mean, so, they're already living so in a fort, which is helpful. Yeah. So they're about to embark Need in some kind of... Some kind of duo or like a pair name, oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, pair, yeah. Apples, apples and pears, apples and pears. It's uh, Brianna Apples, Durrani Pears, Clark. <laughs> apples yeah, and pears, yep. apples and pears. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Okay. What is that from? Is that anything? Cockney people say it, don't they? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Am I talking gibberish right now? So we're trying to yes end, but yeah, I cannot it's, follow. It's hard to jump in here, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're not exactly uh, setting us up for an easy what, what, Okay, what about what about they're called they're known as the fruit bowl? Oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah. The fruit sack. The fruit no, sack. but bowl's better. <laughs> the fruit sack's here. What? 
And they obviously started a war over uh, a, a traffic incident. Somebody cut them off. Oh, oh wow. Road rage thought, to the extreme. Yeah. It took it road, road rage, rage all the way. Oh, apples and pears is Cockney slang for stairs. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry that we did not follow, Maddie. But you were right. It is something Cockney people say. <laughs> so, well done. So, I, I do like it there. The fruit bowl, Brianna and Dirty Clark. That's good. Um, can I bring it home oh, then? Boot this baby home. Fantastic. I would love to thank uh, from Wellington, just over the pond. Oh, the Windy in City. New Zealand. Love Wellington. I would love to thank Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Great. Tim Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I love this name. What about uh, what about Tim Anderson? It made me think of Yes Anderson. So, Yes Man. Oh, the Yes the Man. The Yes Man. Okay. Great okay. underrated film. <laughs> it is. Uh, Tim the Yes Man Anderson. I just I don't know. It sounds Tim like the Yes yeah, Man like like Anderson. Yeah. Basically, you give him a you ask him for to do something and he'll say yes. He he'll put he puts himself out there for people. Everyone. Yeah. Like you can rely on him. He's the Yes Man Anderson. I think um <laughs> I think like yes man can sometimes be taken as like someone who's very submissive but I actually think in this case everyone needs a yes man friend you know like oh. you want to go to a gig but you don't really have anyone to go with so you're like hey man do you want to come to this and they're like sure like they're just re- willing to give shit a go Oh for sure I totally um, meant it in the most positive way yeah. the yes man Yeah yeah he, these are the the best kind of people You can rely on him and he gets the job done Yes, they're fun. Great. I wish I was one of those friends. He's not like a Kim Jong Un lackey. Not that kind of oh, yes no. man. Oh, no, no, no. no. Um, so, what would a yes man then start a war over? Oh, just someone who's just saying no all the time. <laughs> Who says no all the time? No. Um, yes. No. <laughs> yes. A no man who's Cockney. No. <laughs> no. The Cockney not no funny. man. It's his arch nemesis. <laughs> Not funny, no. <laughs> so he starts a war with John Mulaney's impression of Mick Jagger. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no. Which if you haven't seen it prob- is a very good bit. And the problem Incredible. is that uh, the impersonation of Mick Jagger, the no man, the Cockney no man, he says, that's it, we're going to war. And the yes man Anderson goes, all right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's just in his yeah. nature. And sometimes that can be exploited by bad people. Soon after, right in the midst of the Yes Man Anderson kicking the shit out of uh, the Cockney No Man, the Cockney No Man goes, truce, truce. Anderson goes, yeah. yes, man. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and so it's a short it's a war, short war but piece. it happens nonetheless. Well done, Tim, the Yes Man Anderson. Great name. Um, and I would also love to thank, what is this place? <laughs> From Mrs. Mississauga. Mrs. Sauga is my guess. I don't, I'm, I've not heard of it. In, I'm guessing, Ontario, Canada? Yeah. yeah. I would love to thank Laura Sinclair. Laura Sinclair. Laura. Great Laura. name. That's a, real, that's a strong name. I like that a lot. Sinclair. Um, all right. I'm thinking uh, outside of Bright, there's a swimming hole called Sinclair's because it was just off the Sinclair's property and the story goes that uh, they had the river just running past them and they tried to make a private swimming hole with this river. They fenced it off and stuff and dynamited it out to make it a deep swimming hole and then uh, the council were like, oh, you're not allowed to 
own part of the river. So instead, <laughs> right next to their property is this super popular swimming hole. So instead of <laughs> having a private swimming hole, what they've done is brought crowds every summer right next to their property. I don't know if they still own it. So I don't know if what if, if we can work off that as the bomber. like Dynamite. Dynamite, yep. Oh, dynamite's great. Dynamite's Yeah, great. I like dynamite. Laura Dynamite Sinclair. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see how you can abbreviate dynamite. Dynamite. Dino-mite. That's just saying it differently, but it's not abbreviating Might, Mighty. Laura Mighty Sinclair. Oh, that's a bit of fun. You can choose Laura. Dynamite or Mighty. From Mighty Mississauga. Mississauga. I'm so sorry that we've probably butchered that, but thank you very much, Laura, you absolute legend. What did Laura start a war over? Oh, yes. Um, Mississauga. I've just got a YouTube video up telling Mississauga. me. Mississauga. <laughs> Something. What is Mississauga. that? Mississauga. I just said it over. I love often. <laughs> Mississauga. Mississauga. What about she? Uh, she started world record. Uh, sorry, she started that. Oh, <laughs> after an Olympic event. Oh, I was going to say she started a war after Guinness World Records denied her on a technicality when she oh. <laughs> applied for a world record. Hey, Dave, is it? Oh, this okay. feels like you're dipping into your past with this one. Because <laughs> that scenario happened to you, apart from the world war part. That's right. Well, uh, sadly, someone beat us to the record whilst it was being processed. So yeah, still furious. Look at him; he's shaking with fury, he's seething, seething. That's his secret. He's always angry. Thank you, Laura, Mighty Dynamite Sinclair. Thank you, Laura, and I'd finally love to thank from Portsmouth in uh, the UK, Martin Cox. Oh well, Martin's my dad's name. So how about Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make everyone your dad. <laughs> I need a dad on every continent. We get Martin, it. You can't Daddy visit your Cox. dad right now. That does have a certain <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> Sorry, Martin Cox. Martin Cox. What about the crane? Oh. Like Martin Crane, oh, yeah. Fraser's dad. The crane. And isn't oh, that's the crane. Cool. That's still a dad kind of thing? The crane's the finishing move in Karate Kid as well, isn't it? Yeah. That's a powerful maneuver. So. Oh, yeah. the so crane it's... is cool. That's a cool. That's a cool nickname. Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. Martin the so Crane Cox. <laughs> and what would Martin start a war over? Portsmouth. It is a, I believe Portsmouth is, that was a big naval port in England. So his is more, it's a war on the seas, I reckon. I reckon it's a pirate mm. treasure related war. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay, yep, uh, love that. Someone marked X on the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> you had one fucking job. <laughs> You absolute goof. Oh, now I've spent all afternoon digging and I've got no treasure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm declaring war on you. Yeah. He did find the treasure later on, but it was, it was the principle. He was like, that's, you know, like just do your job properly so I can do my job yes. properly. I think you know what that I mean? was great. I reckon we came up with some rippers here today, some ripper yeah, nicknames. Yeah, we nailed it. Uh, Let us know if you adopt that nickname in your real life. If you can make it stick <laughs> like I couldn't make Cobra stick. Well, you came up with Cobra. We have come up with these for them, so I think they, they might be a better chance. The mm. oldest rule in the nickname book, you cannot give yourself a nickname. All right, so it is time to induct a few people into the Triptych Club, and this club you can get into by supporting the show on the shout-out level or above for three straight years. Uh, and... Some people were nervous that they 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 had a glitch sometime in the three years. I think I think you'll still get through if there was a glitch and you just did you didn't quit and rejoin. But um, so yeah, I did see someone nervously saying, "Oh no, I had a glitch and something happened with my payment." 
eight months ago. Am I going to have to start again? And I then I couldn't find the post to reassure them. But anyway, hopefully they're listening now and you are reassured. Glitches won't. <laughs> I certainly Glitches am. don't get stitches. Um, that doesn't quite <laughs> make sense. But... <laughs> So we not in the Triptych Club. Uh, we open the club up to new members each week when they are ready for induction. I lift up the velvety rope. Jess greets them with a cocktail. What do we got this week? Cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. Yes, obviously, as always, we have cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. And no, of course, I'm not running out of cocktails <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> um, so. Wow, what we're just... Um, Something tree-like? Just... Maybe there's... What can you do with a tree? <laughs> Olives uh... grow on trees. What about a classic martini? Oh. Dirty. Dirty. That means mm. with we're the do, We'll brine, do it however right? you like. Yeah, I think it's with the juice, right? Oh, I'll leave right. the juice in, thanks. We'll do... We can do any kind of martini. Can we... Hey, when we're like. allowed to, again, you, would you two be up for coming to a cocktail bar with me? Let's get inspired again. <laughs> Jess's face... I wish this was a visual Sorry. medium. Jess's face was just so quick to going. <laughs> I could not think of anything worse. No, I would love that. I love a cocktail bar. I think just my default, sometimes when you say anything quite genuine, I love to just go, no. Like I just find that funny. Um, but I, I did that with no intention of making the joke. It was just my face. It was just it. your natural response to me inviting you yeah. out for a night on the town. Because I'm a no man. Um, I would love that. Love a cocktail bar. We're also you've also suggested we have a margarita night. Oh yeah. I'm oh, please. This is what I like to do when I I can't do anything. I love to plan lots of things. Yeah. It's what gets me through yeah. is dreaming of tours to America, trips yeah. to Jess's place for margaritas, cocktail <laughs> bars. I'm so it's very similar after I've had a few beers on a like if we're hanging out, I'll always uh, go to bed with multiple big plans. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be so good. I'm going to get started on that tomorrow. And sometimes don't you wake up with like a ticket to Perth in your pocket, Matt? That has happened one time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Wild story. Um, I Also, just because you mentioned apples and pears before. Oh, right. I've found one here that's a vodka and apple punch. Maybe we'll have a pear option available as well. That sounds perfect. Um, Nice and refreshing. Food-wise, not sure. Fruit bowl, love that. Um, food-wise, have we mentioned anything kind of food-related? Uh, Poplar's um, Restaurant in Bright. We're, get, yes. we're shipping in well, there, we're chef. We're going to be catered. <laughs> catered by Poplar's Restaurant. Chef. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're coming to the end. I I started without having much of it and whatever I had of it, I've now lost it. <laughs> You've lost it. <laughs> oh, that's Dave, great. Dave, who's... Um, Who's who's playing today? Well, we've actually got uh, the surviving members of the Travelling Wilburys dropping in Whoa. tonight. Which There's is, not uh, too many of them. Tom two, Petty's two, gone. Two out, George Harrison's two out of, gone. Two out of five. The, the big O. We've got uh, Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan. Still pretty freaking good. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a great duo. That's great. I wonder if they've got a a, a deal like um, Grandpa Simpson's uh, oh. Army Barracks, <laughs> the last one standing, gets all the, oh, the healthy artwork. Oh, man. I'm sure they do. Uh, So there's two inductees coming in today, and, of course, we've got numerous other inductees who are still hanging out in the lounge. They come out uh, each week to meet the new guests, and that's so great that Bob and Jeff are playing. Um, So uh, without further ado, 
come on in from Woodenville, Washington in the United States, Erin Sterling. Oh, 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 wow. Put the pounds down. The Sterling's in. All right. <laughs> and, uh, yes, Dave. For new listeners, Dave uh, is the hype man as people enter. He likes to really big him up so people yeah. feel great when they enter just the Im- Just club. imagine um, Jeff Lynne and Bob Dylan strumming guitars in the background, like a bit of background music, and as I'm hyping people up as they're welcomed into the club. I'm checking the names off the list, lifting the velvety rope. Jess is handing out <laughs> a punch bowl. <laughs> and I'm on stage with like a clock around my neck with a chain on it, hyping people up. Yeah. Davey Dave. And <laughs> David Dave. Anyway. Uh, and from <laughs> That's pretty good. Hobartville, New South Wales in Australia, welcome Noah Wright. Oh, it's always right when you're in town, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels so wrong, but it's Noah Wright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dave's laugh just then, that was the best thing I've ever heard. I feel so gratified. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode, I think. What a fun time we've had. I think that was a fun one. I really had a good time here today. Yeah, great story, Dave. And I know when we're having fun, it is a little more tedious to listen to. So thanks for sticking it out. (laughs) That's right. This is as much for us as it is for you guys. you got to remember that. We need this right now. There's not much contact going on. This will get de- this episode will definitely get a comment on YouTube like it's weird that they don't it's good that they're laughing, but it's not very funny or something like that. <laughs> Only oh. it'll take three paragraphs for them to get that point across. <laughs> I hate hearing people have a good time is the And sub- they'll reference something. something in Aaron 45 minutes in. It's like, why were you listening that whole time? <laughs> Yeah, why did you listen if you weren't enjoying it? You don't have to. <laughs> Nobody's ever forced you to. If somebody's forcing you to listen, that's not good. Call the police, I, please. Yeah. I like that they're sticking it out and just giving us a try. <laughs> they're going, look, well, I hated the first hour 40, but let's see. Let's see. <laughs> they could redeem themselves. No, they haven't. I like to think that they're up to hundred episode 150 and something and they're like, I'm, I'll try one more episode. <laughs> but they've all made me furious so far. Uh, anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Um, what else do we need to tell people at the end of the episode? You can find us at dogonpod.com. It's dogonpod mm-hmm. on all the social medias, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. And at Gmail. And the Gmail is dogonpod at gmail.com. Sorry, I, and, I cut you off because I forgot about YouTube. And <laughs> Jess uh, will reply to you personally. So, you know, if you uh, aren't a dickhead, I assume. Do you have any sort of rules like that or do you reply to dickheads too? really reply to dickheads (laughs) if i can be honest but i reckon if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh i might let them know something or i might say hello you're not a dickhead dickhead. yeah you're fine we don't even need to make that stipulation no if you think you might be a dickhead you probably aren't yeah also yeah dickheads aren't going oh oh she doesn't reply to dickheads well that's me i'm I'm (laughs) self-aware exactly exactly (laughs) So if you're worried now, you're definitely fine because you have self-awareness and you'll just write an email like you're emailing a human because you are. Uh, you can also support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash pod. All the rewards we talked about before, get involved there. It's a good fun time. There's also the Facebook group, which I didn't mention, and, and that's a real lovely, wholesome place to be, especially as the world's in a bit of turmoil. Uh, a lot of people saying that that group is helping them Helping people uh, feel okay. Mm. Yeah, that's bloody nice, isn't it? So nice. Lovely. 
Um, Dave, anything else or do you want to boot us home? I think that is it just to say thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.